Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Sulecki. And I'm Dale Spangler. And this week's guest is super hooligan and king of the baggers racer, Frankie Garcia. Moto America is the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. Moto America, home of the AMA Superbike and North America's premier motorcycle road racing series, is thrilled to announce that it will partner with Daytona International Speedway to host one of the world's most prestigious races, the Daytona 200, during the weekend of March 10th through the 12th, 2022, in Daytona Beach, Florida. The 80th running of the Daytona 200 will feature increased competition from more manufacturers and an international contingent of racers coming over to battle with America's best for the over $175,000 in prize money that's up for grabs. In addition to the Daytona 200, the Moto America Weekend at Daytona International Speedway will be the opening round of the 2022 Mission Moto America King of the Baggers Championship, marking the first time baggers will race on the high banks of a super speedway with speeds expected to exceed 160 miles per hour and also the first round of the Twins Cup Championship. Joining the baggers in Twins Cup will be the ever-popular Roland Sands Super Hooligan National Championship. All three classes will run two races during the Daytona 200 weekend. Tickets are on sale now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com or by calling 1-800-PIT-SHOP. We've got the opening round of MXGP World Championship Round 1 at Matterley Basin, UK. In the action on the track, it was good to see that opening round because it was delayed due to rain a week ago, but... Uh, they picked up right where they left off last year. Tim Geyser just had a solid weekend going 1-2 and taking home the win. He had a little pressure from Jorge Prada, who started well, as he tends to, who pulled two hole shots on the weekend. Uh, Jorge finished second on the box, but still great action on the track. It's uh, really wonderful to see the GP class going again. Tim Geyser definitely had kind of a, a veteran, I would say, masterful ride. You could tell he didn't It didn't seem like there was a lot of, you know, big sense of urgency I think he knew there was a, a lot more to lose at the first round than, you know, if he didn't take the win. His one-two certainly didn't reflect just how smooth and uh, precise he rode. He seemed very patient. You know, I think he knew that, you know, without his two main competitors from last season's championship battle, I think he's got a, you know, pretty clear road ahead for, uh, you know, his 2022 championship chase. Uh, a few other riders, Jeremy Seaward looked really good. Jorge Prado won the second moto and, uh, MX2 champion Maxim Moreau did a great ride in his first MX1 championship in fourth place. Yeah, I honestly thought that the uh, Yamaha team in general looked strong over the weekend. I don't think their results really showed what they're capable of, but we'll see in these next few rounds. I thought Jeremy Sewer, who qualified strong, looked really, really good. 
And uh, even Glenn Koldenhoff, the third man on that Yamaha team, was looking strong. So uh, I'm going to keep my eye on these Yamaha riders because uh, they've really got a great team for, for the new year. What an incredible opening round for MX2. I don't think anyone would have expected Simon Langenfelder, young German rider. It's his third year in MX2. Seemed like he came out of nowhere. A new level of confidence sweeps both motos. Just looked super impressive. Tom Vl who really I thought was going to be the dominant rider, did okay. You know, he pulled some hole shots and uh, and led strong, but uh, finishing second with a 2-3, he didn't look as strong as I expected him to be. He did battle a little bit with Iago Geertz. I think Vial just made some mistakes and sl- slide outs and things like that that cost him the overall. It was interesting to watch these young riders, this Simone Lagenfelter, just like you said, came out of nowhere and just dominated the event, which uh, we we rarely see from a rookie. A lot of fast young riders in the class. I'm really excited to watch this MX2 class develop as we go into the new season. This week's Industry Spotlight focuses on the American Motorcyclist Association's announcement that it will operate and promote the Flat Track Grand Championship, bringing a modified class structure and new race and entertainment schedules to improve the multi-day program for riders and fans alike. The 2022 AMA Flat Track Grand Championship will take place July 7th through the 13th at the DeCoin State Fairgrounds in DeCoin, Illinois. This week-long event will host different age groups across multiple racing classes, all of which will compete in the four dirt track disciplines, short track, TT, mile, and half mile. Multiple AMA national number one plates will be awarded at the conclusion of the event. And along with the class championships, the Nikki Hayden AMA Flat Track Horizon Award, given to the most promising amateur rider on the cusp of a professional career, will be one of the most coveted honors awarded at the event. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We'd like to welcome to Pit Pass Moto, Frankie Garcia. He is uh, king of the baggers and super hooligan racer, the big number 14 out on the racetrack. Frankie, welcome to Pit Pass Moto, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. So where's home base now and where are you based out of? And uh, that and uh, talk about your plans coming up. I know in a week you're going south. Yeah, I mean, uh, home base these days... uh is in Southern California. Um, I'm making the transition over from uh, the Marietta area back to Orange County to be closer to kind of everything. Um, Roland Sands Designs, the race shop is in Long Beach. My trainer's in Costa Mesa. Uh, so I spent a lot of time in Orange County and the drive from, you know, Marietta has been getting kind of long. So making the transition back to Orange County, um, one of my favorite places in the world to uh 
just kind of elevate my program and, you know, put myself in a better situation to where I'm not having to drive so much and kind of making everything a lot closer for me. But yeah, I mean, getting ready for, uh, for Daytona, I, I had surgery on my foot about five weeks ago. Um, I crashed at Chuck Walla, just training on the FTR and, and, uh, had a crash and, you know, did some damage to my foot that I already had some uh, hardware in. And we went up north to, uh, you know, the Bay Area and, and uh, you know, Tuan and Dr. Harwood up there fixed me up and got me in and out of there and spent some time at uh, Mom and Dad's for Christmas and then uh, made my way back to Orange County. And I've, I've been staying at my trainer's house for like maybe the last like four weeks, just uh, putting in all that, all the time possible at the gym and, you know, making sure I'm eating right and, you know, conditioning myself, you know, as best as we can with the little amount of time we had before Daytona. And, you know, that's just been the, been the ticket is just conditioning myself and getting myself strong and getting my foot going and making sure that thing's hundred percent before we get on the banks. Awesome. And that's the best program to be on is have your trainer keeping you honest and keeping out of the donuts and things like that. <laughs> yeah. When I look at the sign-up list for the King of the Baggers event specifically, and we'll, we could talk about Super Hooligans too, but uh, and the things you just said kind of paint this as everybody's taking this race series extremely serious. And when I look at the, the list of names uh, on the sign-up list, the pre-sign-up list, there's some big names on there. And, and the competition just has increased tenfold every year over the last three years that they've run this series. Uh, What's that like for you as a racer and and who's the toughest guy that you've got to line up against? It's really gnarly. I mean, I'll be honest, the last thing I ever wanted to happen to this was it turn into, you know, a V-twin, you know, bagger class filled with a bunch of superbike riders from all the popularity. And, you know, the the V-twin market right now is probably the fastest growing segment for manufacturers. At least that's the way I see it. It makes sense that it's come to this way. I wish it hadn't. And, you know, it's kind of like what Super Hooligans did. It was like fun and, you know, we're all going to work five days a week and drinking beers and, you know, riding our bikes and having a good time. And that's how this bagger thing started out. It was just fun and, you know, didn't require any training. And, you know, you could just go out there and, and have a good time and still be competitive. Obviously, like Tyler O'Hara was, you know, he was quick out of the gate. And, you know, there's guys like Hayden Gillum at the beginning that were fast and, when we did the first race, it was, I don't want to say easy, but it was, it was mellow. Like you didn't have to, you didn't have to train or, or do anything extra and, and, you know, build a good bike and you can be competitive. And that's how we went into it. And clearly it's, it's turned, it's gotten wild. I mean, now there's, you know, we went from, there were two factory bikes, you know, myself and Tyler Hare at the very first race. And, and then we went in, you know, we went into the, the second season and, you know, there were some more guys and, and now there's like almost 20 dudes signed up for Daytona. And uh, obviously there's now four factory Indians, two factory Harleys. Vance and I updated, you know, their uh, their package on, on their motorcycles and they got Taylor Knapp and James Rispoli. I mean, it's no joke anymore. I mean, there's full-blown superbike racers, dudes that have won big races and, and championships. And I mean, it, it's it's pretty gnarly for myself. I mean, like I said, all I've been doing is, is in the gym and I've never been a gym guy. I've never been big on training. And luckily, you know, my trainer, Joe Cancellari is one of my best friends and, and one of the best trainers that I've ever known, you know, being around the sport of motocross and supercross for so many, you know, so many years. He's one of the best in the world, I believe. And we're not taking this lightly. Been spending a lot of time in the gym and, you know, that's just not something that I wanted to do. 
at 30 years old, like racing is supposed to be fun for me at this age. But, uh, you know, it's turned into, it's gotten really serious with this bagger stuff. And I'm just kind of taking the opportunity and, and putting everything that I have into it. And, uh, you know, I, I've gone as far as this is my job now. That's how far this has come. I, I, I do not have a nine to five anymore. I'm a motorcycle racer again. And I never thought that at age 30, that would be an option in my life. So it's cool. And I'm definitely, you know, very blessed and, and grateful for the opportunity and for this to come into my life. And, you know, to be a part of this as you know, one of the first guys to do it. And, and I'm just trying to take advantage of the situation and go as far as I possibly can with it. Now, Frankie, you mentioned, you know, making sure you have fun, you know, when you're racing or you want it, want it to be fun when you're racing. Where I first saw you race was at uh, some of the Rolling Sands Super Hooligan events back when he was putting on the Moto Beach and the Moto Bay even. That might be dating me a little bit, but, and you also race, you know, King of the Baggers. I mean, these are two very different types of racing, but you seem to be really good at all forms of racing. That said, I assume you're going to be doing double duty, you know, uh, riding both classes, the the King of the Baggers and the Super Hooligan coming up. And uh, is there a favorite though of the two that you really kind of prefer to to race? I know the the super hooligans definitely more of that, you know, run what you brung, super kind of laid back atmosphere. So, uh, like you said, the the king of the baggers seems to be getting serious. So, yeah, tell us a little bit more about that. And do you have a favorite between the two? Between the two, I mean, it's hard to pick a favorite because I like them both so much in in different ways. I mean, obviously, the bagger thing is just to be a part of that and to be, you know, right in the center of the era of this bagger racing and one of the first ones to to do, you know, the, the very first bagger race. It's really special to me. It, it's some, it's really iconic and, you know, something that, you know, if you would ask me five years ago, you know, you ever, you know, you think you'll have a factory ride on a bagger? I would have been like, what are you talking about? It's really cool. You know, like I said, that V twin market is something that I've like grown really fond of, appreciate, and and I'm just so happy to be a part of. And, you know, to be able to race baggers, you know, for Factory Indian and Rolling Sands Designs is, it's really cool. I mean, like I said before, it's not something I saw myself doing at 30 years old. But then on the other side, you know, the Super Hooligan side, you know, I've always been the fun guy at the races. You know, I'm the guy that Roland's like, hey, dude, make sure, make sure you wait till after the race to crack that beer. You know, I've always kind of been that guy. So, the hooligan bikes are, they're so much fun. I mean, they're, that FTR 1200 Indian is, it's just a toy when you get off that bagger. You know, the bagger's minimum weight is 625 pounds. And then we hop on these, you know, super hooligan bikes that weigh 400 pounds with just about the same amount of horsepower. It gets wild. They're fun. You can throw those things around like toys. So I like both of them in, 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 in their different ways. Like, you know, I, I think I have more fun riding the hooligan bike. But I just, I feel like more of a badass when I'm on the bagger. Yeah, but they're both, I mean, I can't get enough of either of them. No, that makes sense. You know, that's kind of what I was thinking because, yeah, riding those 600 bikes has to be pretty wild, but it has to be pretty cool afterwards too. Definitely a rush. I heard you mention earlier that you said you had surgery on your foot about five weeks ago from a crash out at Chuck Walla. That reminds me of when I, when I heard the name Chuck Walla, I, I watched that documentary that was put out recently called Pack Your Bags by Moto America. Super cool where you guys went on a little road trip. Tell us a little bit about that and how that idea come about for that short film. That whole thing was so cool. I've always wanted to get on motorcycles and only take what I could fit on the bike and go camping. So Moto America called me up and they said, hey, we want to do some kind of travel story on baggers. And, and I go, you know what? I've always wanted to do something like this. 
you know, told him, I was like, I just want to go with some buddies and just whatever we can fit on the bikes is, is all that we're taking. And they said, let's do it. So a lot of, a lot of planning. I mean, we, we planned it for about, I don't know, two months before it actually happened. Yeah. We went on a trip. I grabbed a couple of my buddies, Benny and Kyle from Bell Helmets. And then we took Jeff Holt, who's like the God of V twin motorcycle media. And we went on a trip, man. We had three film guys and, you know, we packed up our Indian challengers and we had tents and sleeping bags and, and, uh, you know, our clothes and, you know, whatever I told everyone, you're only allowed to bring what you think, you know, you need that can fit on the bike. You're not allowed to put anything in, you know, the, the camera vehicle. And that, that's how we did it. It was, uh, it was fun. We, we started off in Southern California, uh, at Cook's Corner and rode down to, we rode over to Julian and got an apple pie and, you know, grabbed some supplies we needed to go camping. And we sat at my buddy Alex Dunstan's house uh, over in uh, just outside of Julian uh, in Warner Springs. And then, uh, you know, stayed the night. It was like 20, high 20s, you know, at nighttime there. So we were, we were pretty chilly and uh, camped there and then woke up the next morning and, and went out to Chuck Walla and I took the boys on their baggers on the racetrack. Uh, luckily the, you know, they had a track day. Mickey out there was, was, was put on a track day and he kind of stopped it just so we can get a couple laps in and grab some shots of that. And then, uh, from there we rode through Joshua tree and, and, uh, I think I had the, I think I had the rest of the, cr- the crew, uh, a little bit, uh, afraid that we we're going to go camping in, but we had a nice Airbnb for the, for the second night. And it was so fun. I mean, riding with your buddies on, you know, in my opinion, the, the best cruiser motorcycle ever made. It was cool, man. A lot of, uh, a lot of feelings, a lot of, uh, a lot of emotions and, you know, a lot of complaining, but I think at the end of the day, everyone, everyone really enjoyed that. We came out with a cool video, uh, the pack your bags video turn. It's really funny. Just us kind of doing what we do best and kind of giving each other a hard time and, you know, just enjoying, enjoying the open road on, on motorcycles. It was really cool. Sounds like that was just a great time. I have to check out that video. And, uh, so I want to play this up a little bit because you said it, it came out of your mouth. You said best cruiser ever made. Now I know, in this King of the Baggers race series, there's a there is a rivalry between the two brands. And uh, how much of that really reaches the riders and on the racetrack, or is it just guys racing and they don't care one way or the other? And I wanted to ask you that. I also wanted to ask you because you were one of the guys at Ground Zero on this series and you helped develop the bikes. I mean, what was the most unique modification you made to the race bike to make you win racers or go fast? I think the Harley versus Indian thing is, uh, again, like for me to be in a place to where, you know, obviously Harley Davidson and Indian motorcycle are, there's, there's that whole history and the rivalry between the two manufacturers and to be one of the riders, a part of that rivalry. I mean, when you think about Harley versus Indian, you think of like, you know, you go back to, you know, the old school board track days and even, you know, before that. And obviously they have the TV series and all that stuff. And then you even go to like, you know, you think of like these iconic flat trackers and even to nowadays where, you know, Indians stepped in, you know, just a few years ago and, and brought in the, the FTR 750 and kind of pushed Harley Davidson out of, you know, a sport that they dominated for so many years with the XRs. Now it's switched over to the roadside and, to be a part of that and, and be, you know, on one side of the fence, you know, on the Indian side, it's really cool. It's really special to me. And, 
just like I said, at, at 30, you know, having a full-time job and not even racing anymore to, to put myself back in a position where, you know, I, I'm a part of that history is it's, it means a lot to me. I mean, it's, it's something that's, that's going to be near and dear to me for the rest of my life, but it's really cool. I mean, you know, Indians, Indian kind of came in really hot for the very first one. And then Harley came in in 2021 and, and, you know, they signed Kyle and Travis and, created a, a legitimate factory race program over there. And then it made Indian have to elevate their program. And it's just this like constant back and forth. And I think it's so good for the racing. It's so good for the sport. I mean, for us guys that are actually racing, like we're all friends and we're all buddies and we, it doesn't really, you know, we're like, you know, we joke around like, Oh, Indian Harley, like, you know, but at the end of the day, like we're all, we're all boys just racing on the racetrack and regardless of what we're on, we all want the same thing and that's to win. It's cool, but yeah, developing that bike was, we've seen that thing go from, you know, what it started out as at, at the first test. I mean, I went to the first test at Buttonwillow on a Challenger with no body work, and we had like a 19-inch a front wheel trying to just get more ground clearance out of the thing and all this weird stuff because, you know, there we this was all new to us. We had no data. There was nothing. We knew nothing. Well, all we had was some parts that SNS created and, you know, kind of just went our own route with everything and trying all this weird stuff. And, you know, we showed up to Laguna with, with a really good package. I was really, really surprised on what that motorcycle could do and how fast we were. Going. I didn't expect to be going that fast at all, you know, right out of the box like that. You know, we've seen, we've seen that Challenger you know, make some, you know, progression. We went from a 108 cubic inch engine. That was the very first thing, the very first bike we rode on at, uh, you know, at Button Willow and Laguna Seca. And it was fly by wire and it was very, fairly stock, you know, as far as chassis and motor and things like that. I mean, we had some cams, just little things. And then going into 2021, we saw things. Like, you know, we, we got a, uh, a 112 cubic inch engine and we went to a throttle cable, different ECU and all this, all this different, different stuff that SNS developed with Tyler and myself. And that was phase one of like the development and, and going into it. And, you know, we tried different stuff. We've seen Tyler try different stuff and, you know, some air scoops and things like that and try to get more cleaner air into the bike and you know we've gone back and forth there was one race where i went back to the 108 tyler was still on the 112 and just trying different stuff and and you know we've pretty much figured out with you know what works for us and you know suspension wise and chassis wise and you know the guys at sns and and tyler's really they put a lot of a lot of work to uh to get that thing dialed and and uh those guys have, have just been, you know, busting their butts, making sure that you know, we have a good bike to ride. And, you know, I kind of get, get everything that Tyler gives the okay to. And, you know, I've got to really give a lot of credit to those guys and, and the SNS team and the, you know, the factory guys from Indian and Polaris. For sure. There's definitely some strong people behind the program. I, I have no doubt. I've, I've known a lot of those folks myself and they definitely bring the, uh, bring the knowledge and the skill and, Moto America struck a chord with this series, and, and it's and it's great to see. And I and I can't be more excited for you in the new season, Frankie. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on and talking about your program. Uh, we'd like to take these last few moments, if you don't mind, if there's anybody that you want to give a shout out to and say thank you. Now would be the time to do it, man. Obviously, I couldn't do any of this without Indian and Roland Sands designs. I mean. 
Cameron and and Roland and and Aaron over there and, and the whole team. I mean, literally every person down to the guys in the art department, the guys in the shop, our truck driver Andy. Every single person has been a part of this for me, and, and those guys have stuck behind me and have given me everything that I've asked for and have just bent over backwards for me. And I, I really don't. There's no way I could ever repay those guys for how much they've had my back. Indian and Gary Gray and SNS and Dunlop and everyone that's a part of this Motul Mission Foods is coming pretty big this year and you know obviously they're the title sponsor for the for the the King of the Baggers series. Everybody's just been a crucial part of this and and everyone that's that's been behind me is just you know my trainer Joe. None of this could be done without everybody. I mean this is this is a massive effort and there's a lot that goes into it and. and Everybody that's been a piece of it is absolutely crucial. So I'm so blessed to be in a position to have every every one of these people around me and the support we get from everybody. It's it's great. Awesome. Thanks again for the shout outs and check them out at uh, Daytona, the Mission King of the Baggers series. Frankie, thanks for coming on the show today, man. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks again to our guest for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review our show. We'd really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit pitpassmoto.com, where you can check out our latest blog and our brand new store where you can get your very own Pit Pass Moto swag. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm Dave Sulecki. And I'm Dale Spangler. See you next week on Pit Pass Moto. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.